Hey, Shanna, did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore? Yes. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But with Libro FM, you get to search up your local indie bookstore and support them instead. And if you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. I constantly have a book in my ear because cleaning the house or exercising is so much more fun while reading. Sign up for Libro.fm and use the code GOODBOOKS to get two books instead of one for the price of your first month's membership. Good books. Good books. You like oh, me. <laughs> I was waiting for you to start. We're frozen. <laughs> I was thinking super hard about how to say this guy's name. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Book Club podcast. I'm Shanna. And I'm Jen. Uh, and, today we, and today we will be discussing The Lincoln Highway by Amor Towels. Towels. <laughs> Amor Towels. Amor Towels. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Yes, yeah, sorry, my, my Facebook suddenly a bunch of people started messaging me, so it's like, da ring, da ring, da ring, So I've closed it. <laughs> rough, rough start today, but it can only go up from here. <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. All right, so Amor Tolls is the author of three novels Rules of Civility, A Gentleman in Moscow, and The Lincoln Highway. These three books have collectively sold over 5 million copies and have been translated into more than 30 languages. He was born and raised in Boston, graduated from Yale, and also got his master's in English from Stanford. Uh, he used to be an investment professional, but ditched that to write full-time. He now lives in Manhattan with his wife and two children. That's oh, all I got about him. That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Hey, Shanna, what's this book about? Well, let me tell you. In June 1954... 18-year-old Emmett Watson is driven home to Nebraska by the warden of the juvenile work farm where he has just served 15 months for involuntary manslaughter. His mother, long gone, his father, recently deceased, and the family farm foreclosed upon by the bank. Emmett's intention is to pick up his 8-year-old brother, Billy, and head to California where they can start their lives anew. But when the warden drives away, Emmett discovers that two friends from the work farm have hidden themselves in the trunk of the warden's car. Together, they have hatched an altogether different plan for Emmett's future, one that will take them all on a fateful journey in the opposite direction, to the city of New York. Spanning just 10 days and told from multiple points of view, Towels Third... Towels? Tolls. Tolls, thank you. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say Towels, I'm like, that can't be his last name. <laughs> no, because you, you messed it up by saying you thought of it as I love towels, but now you've just messed it up. I love towels. Up. Amore towels. <laughs> Amore <laughs> towels. <laughs> Toll's third novel will, satis <laughs> will satisfy fans of his multi-layered literary styling while providing them an array of new and richly imagined settings, characters, and themes. All right, Shanna, what did you think? I loved it. I really loved this book. I thought it was really well written. I thought it moved really nicely. I listened to it on audio. I thought the audio was done really, really well. Yeah, I thought it was great. And this is the only book by him that I have read. So this is 100% of my, I don't know, his writing. That's all I know about him. 
It's your full experience. That's not all I know about him. Yeah, it's my full experience. Thank you. I know plenty about him and other people's experiences. <laughs> what would you rate it? I would rate it five stars. Wow. I would rate it four and a half stars. Okay. Okay. Pretty good. Maybe five stars. It was great. It was a really, really good book. I would recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you? Well, you know. You hated it, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. It was good. It was fine. I liked it. I didn't love it. Like it didn't change my life. It didn't knock me to the floor. It was just a nice ride. It was good. Yeah, that's kind of why I had to back it up a little bit from five is it didn't change my life. Yeah. It's not the best book I've ever read. Not even by far. It was... Not as good as I thought it was going to be, but also the more that I sit with it and think about it, it was, it was good. I think there was just like a little bit too much going on at times. And some of the storylines, I was kind of like, all right, where is this going? And then it just didn't give me anything. And I felt like some of it could have been cut out and it didn't have to be a hundred million miles long and it would have still been a good book. See, I thought he did a really great job of – I didn't feel like there was too much going on ever. I thought that it was really – but I like epic fantasy, like that type of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So a ton of characters doing different things doesn't generally phase me at all. So I thought that all the characters were doing pretty good stuff for the most yeah. part. I can't think of anybody that I would have cut other than the preacher, but he was part of a story that I really liked. Yeah. I just hated him as a character. I just wanted him to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was pretty bad. <laughs> I think if this book wasn't set in the 50s, I probably wouldn't have liked it. I really mm, like the 50s setting. And I think that is what kept me interested. Yeah. Actually, it was in sepia tone in my yeah, head, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, so that was really enjoyable. And he did a really good job of writing in an old timey way. Like, it was definitely in the 50s in my head. And that never... Mm-hmm. It never strayed from that, and that was really good. I just don't think that I'm a huge fan of, like, treasure hunts, like, little boys on adventures stories. I wasn't sure what you were going to think because, like, I know you haven't enjoyed his writing previously, but this one was a lot plottier Mm -hmm. than his other stuff, as far as I have been told extensively. So (laughs) I thought maybe, maybe this one would get you. Yeah, because I read A Gentleman in Moscow, and I didn't love it. In fact, I was so bored of it. I almost died. But everyone loves it so much that I just keep thinking maybe it was good. And I just messed, like, I just missed it. And then I read this book, and I was like, no, I know that I didn't like Gentleman in Moscow. <laughs> I also just don't really like male protagonists very often. So that kind of plays into it, too. So it's just, it's a me thing. Everyone's really loving this book. And yeah, it was written really well. And the way he tied things together was really good. And the way he wrote the setting was amazing. And the characters were really good. I don't really have a lot of complaints about the actual book, other than it was just not really for me. So I gave it three stars. This kind of reminded me a little bit of, (sighs) we've got a bird tower and it's made of gold. Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yeah. In that it was kind of really wide spanning and like it had a lot of characters and a lot of storylines and they all came together and that's my jam usually i like that kind of thing too but i don't know 
I just didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. And um, also it had, you know, this underlying piece about like Greek mythology and stories, the same as Cloud Cuckoo Land. Like they're very similar oh, yeah. type books. Like it was just kind of bizarre. It's the simulation, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> it must yeah. be. I didn't even think about that. Ooh, uh, this doesn't pertain to this at all. But the very first line of the book I'm reading right now was a Greek mythology thing. It was like, hey, hey, hey. Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's always a good sign to me when they put anything Greek in it. But I mean, obviously I love Greek stuff. I married a Greek dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's what we know. And that's what anybody who doesn't want spoilers is going to know. Because from this point on, there's going to be a bunch of spoilers. You have been warned. So many spoilers. All right. The book is set in Nebraska, 1954, and starts with a teenage boy named Emmett Watson being brought back to his home after being released from juvie early when his father died so that he can care for his eight-year-old brother, Billy. We learn later that the reason he was in juvie was because he accidentally killed the boy who was bullying him at the county fair. Emmett punched him, and when he fell down, he hit his head and died. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Go to juvie. You did accidentally kill the dude by punching him. Yeah, uh, that guy had a punch coming, but yeah. and it hardly feels like Emmett's fault that the guy was made of Play-Doh. <laughs> Definitely not Emmett's <laughs> fault, no. But I think we like we did learn a lot about Emmett right off the bat. He really felt so bad about it, and he declined a trial. He was just like, no, I did it. I'm guilty. Send me away. I need yeah. to atone for this. The warden that's dropping him off was like, you're a good one. You're a good guy. You did your time. Now get back to your life. You deserve it. And that was yeah. pretty nice. Really set up Emmett as a character. Yeah, he was really good. Billy and Emmett's father was fine, but he wasn't great with money or farming, which is too bad when he was a farmer. And <laughs> yeah. when Emmett gets home, he finds out that the house is being foreclosed on. And the only thing he has left of any value is his car which is a 1948 powder blue Studebaker Land Cruiser. Having nothing tying them down, they decide to drive to California when Billy says that he found postcards from their mother who left them eight years ago, leading across the country and ending in California. I love Billy very dearly. Oh, he's so sweet. I love him. I would protect <laughs> that child with my life. And, well, everyone pretty much feels the same because people just stand up and are like, yeah, I got you. I got you, I got Billy. you, kid. Oh, I love him. Yeah, other than being set in the 50s, like the characters in this book were really well written and also kept me interested, despite me not being super interested in the story some of the time. They were all so well written and defined, and they had backstories and they had personalities, and they each had their own voice. And it was just really clear and obvious who we were with throughout the whole book. Yeah. So I really like that. Oh, and I wanted, I made a note that the bank who was foreclosing on the house the bank was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, bankers like, Oh yeah, we're, we've got to take your house, but you can live in it for a little while longer. It's okay. And we've been paying the gas bill and the electric bill and everything while you've been gone. 
And we'll continue doing that until you're able to leave. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Yeah. Man, banks were way nicer back in 1954. <laughs> way nicer. Well, at least in this version. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Really I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess we don't really know. But in this book, much nicer. My uh, One of my main life advice that I've been given is the bank is not your friend. And I really remember that when I go to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> but in this case, they kind of were their friend, which was good. They were more friends than they could have been, for sure. Yeah. So in the car, they find an envelope that their father left for them before he died containing $3,000. The plan for the money is that Emmett will buy a house somewhere, flip it, and with the cash, buy two more houses. He'll flip those and buy more and so on and so on so that he'll never have to borrow money from anyone. Great plan. Solid. It made me want to do this plan so bad. <laughs> I know. Let's get on it. Yeah. If only I, I mean, we need like a million dollars. It's not the same as it was in the 50s, is it? <laughs> not quite the same, <laughs> but it's good plan. Good plan. They find out that two other boys from Juvie, Duchess and Wooly, had snuck into the trunk of the warden's car and hitched a ride with Emmett home. They say that Wooly, who comes from a rich family, lost his trust fund when his brother-in-law took control of it. Ugh, that brother-in-law. So bad. Ugh. He sucked. So they want to drive to one of his family's homes in New York, where his grandfather has hid $150,000, which in 50s money is much, it's like, much money. It's like $2 million, more than $2 million. That's I mean, it's one we're guessing. It could be fifteen million. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I looked it up, and fifty thousand. <laughs> you think I'm guessing at stuff? I don't guess at things. I have to know the answer. <laughs> I only ask questions that I know the. <laughs> I'm a professional guesser. <laughs> yeah. I only ask questions I know the answer to. I looked up what fifty thousand dollars was, and that is five hundred thousand thirty-four. $500,034. No, $534,000 <laughs> today. So yeah, inflation. <laughs> I mean, a couple of mills going to get you places. Yeah. If Emmett helps them, he will get $50,000 out of it. Emmett, though, wants nothing to do with the plan, which is probably wise. Probably wise, but man, if someone said, come with me to my family's house so I can steal my own trust fund and you'll get $500,000 of it for giving me a ride, I'd probably be like, maybe. <laughs> I would consider it. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's that's a down payment. <laughs> that is... Oh, life is sad. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, And they were just asking him for a ride. You know, it would cover gas for sure. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> uh, but yeah, probably, probably not a good idea. So, let's talk about Duchess specifically. His father was a classical Shakespearean actor, they traveled around a lot. He was partially raised in a circus slash brothel. At one point, his father met a woman and got sick of having Duchess around, so he pretended to be his uncle and dropped him off at an orphanage for a bit. So sad. I know. There he learned from one of the nuns that if you do wrong by someone, you have to atone for what you did. And if someone does wrong by you, you have to forgive them. This paired with his upbringing gave him a very skewed, though black and white, sense of what is 
right and wrong. And he really touched on to the idea that it was like a ledger that needed to be balanced. An interesting thing about Duchess's chapters is they were the only ones in the book written in first person. Yeah. Which was kind of um, an interesting choice. I don't know exactly why he did it. I've theorized that it's because he is so self-centered <laughs> that nobody <laughs> else is going to tell the story except for him from his point of view. Yeah. Well, he's like a performer too. Like everything he does is like kind of an act a little bit. So I guess that kind of does make sense. But it was an interesting way to write the story. I wouldn't have picked up on it because that is just not something that I am good at. If you were to ask me any book that I read, what format, like, was it first person, third person? No idea. Give me the book. I will look at it specifically and then I'll tell you. But mm -hmm. if I have to remember, no idea. But Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah. pick up on it. I, I read that somewhere too, that it was written that way. But yeah, I didn't notice, but now it makes a lot of sense. I think I noticed it because we've talked about this book at other book club and they talked about it before I read it. Mm. So I was able to pick up on it while I was reading it because I knew it yeah. was happening. I'm not sure if I would have otherwise. Well, it's like, like Duchess is the main character in his story. <laughs> it's Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. it was funny because with his character, he is just, he's just you know, he's doing stuff. He's hitting people over the head and <laughs> doing some pretty shady things. But a lot of the time throughout the story, I really liked him. Uh, he was just kind of like such a smooth talker that I was like, kept being like, oh yeah, like you're, you're good. And then it was like, wait, I, you're really good. And then you just hit someone with a two by four. Like what, what's happening? <laughs> no, it was so hard to not like him. So which was interesting. I really liked that. Um, and just when I would start to trust him, he would make it so I couldn't trust him anymore. Yeah. Like, Duchess. Yeah. And so he has this really weird view of what is right and wrong. And then Emmett, he is also like very black and white. This is right and this is wrong. And they both have that going on, but in totally different ways. <laughs> so. The first thing I noticed about that was the first thing I noticed about Emmett. And then later on in the book, I was I had the same thought about Duchess. And then I was like, wait, now I'm confused. Which did I actually think that about Emmett? And then I was like, nope, definitely Emmett has this sense of right and wrong, and it's very black and white. And I was like, okay, so it's both of them. They're both like this, but completely different people. And Duchess is what he thinks is right and wrong is like completely messed up. But they're kind of but like we we know so much about his backstory and about mm -hmm. both of these characters, and they're so well written and fleshed out that you really understand both of their motivations. Yeah, they both make sense. They're like I don't know, is that two sides of the same coin? Or yeah, I really liked him as much as I can like someone like that. Mostly, <laughs> yeah, I like him as a character. I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be friends with him. I, I oh god, he'd be annoying. I would ghost him. <laughs> yeah. Before they get a chance to leave town, the brother of the boy Emmett killed challenges him to a fight when one of his friends suggests that Jake, the brother, had some unfinished business with Emmett. So rude. <laughs> Emmett just lets him hit him and doesn't fight back. Duchess saw the whole thing and after the fight, goes after him and hits him with a 2 by 4 to teach him a lesson about minding his own business. Once again, I don't know. I think he had a 2 by 4 coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Duchess isn't wrong. It's just not, it's just illegal to hit people. <laughs> like, you really shouldn't do it. 
you really shouldn't do it. Yeah, this scene was good. This kid was a twerp, though. Yeah. And he described him as, what, someone who starts a lot of fights but never throws any punches. I'm like, yes, yeah, that's a really annoying type of person. And he was, like, really impressed with Emmett taking those punches. And it Mm -hmm. really, like, lent to his sense of, like, this is the ledger. He owed this family something because he killed his brother so now that he's taken the punches now they're even and he was like this is a really good idea i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna apply it now to the rest of my life which i didn't really see coming and in some ways cool in other ways less cool oh my god i'm sure we'll get to it but the frying pan (laughs) (laughs) right let him wake up that's it's just so extreme. He, he really is very dramatic. He had said, after he hits this guy with the two by four, he's like, I've never hit anyone before. That was fun. And I'm like, you've never hit anyone before and you just go straight to this? Couldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm generally nonviolent for the most part. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they leave early the next morning. The plan is to drop Duchess and Woolley off along the way and then take the Lincoln Highway all the way to San Francisco. The Lincoln Highway, by the way, was like the first highway to reach across the country. At that time, not the time of this book, but when it was built, all the roads were kind of just like more municipal and the towns would just kind of take care of them. And then there was roads that obviously connected other cities, but there wasn't anything that went across the country. And then some like super rich guy decided... That there should be a highway that went across the country. So he put some money in and then he like did a bunch of fundraising and made up a whole bunch of money and made this huge long highway. So it's not really that fun of a fact, but it's a fact. It is a fact. (laughs) It is a fact. It's as fun as highway facts can be. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more interesting highway facts. If you know any fun highway facts, please um, email us at (laughs) best underscore book club. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, give us a fun one. Give whatever. us a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Duchess wants to stop at the orphanage he lived at, and Emmett reluctantly agrees to take him there. Emmett like really wants to just like be on the road on his journey, and Duchess is like taking him all over the place. So he takes him to the orphanage, and then Duchess doesn't come back for a long time. And so Emmett goes after him and finds out that he broke in, locked up the nuns, gave the boys that lived there a bunch of jars of strawberry preserves. And then when Emmett makes it back to the car, he finds that the car is actually gone. And Billy tells him that Duchess and Willie borrowed the car to go to New York, but not to worry. They'll bring it back when they're done. No big deal. And this was the first one where I was like, Duchess? <laughs> I know. He just drives away. What the hell? <laughs> It's incredibly rude. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I needed the car. I'll bring it back. No big deal. He honestly doesn't seem to think it's a big deal. No. He fully intends that he's going to bring the car back. He has their envelope of money. He's going to spend some of it, but he's going to make a list of all every cent that's spent, and he's going to pay it back once they get their money. Like, he and he's has a plan. That, which is... Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> See... This is right to him. It's wrong, mm-hmm. but he's like, he's 
Yeah, he thinks it's right. How close of friends are him and Emmett? Like, they, I can't be that good of friends. Feeling <laughs> right? Because if I came out and I had left my car idling, and you were like, "Borrow the car, I'll be back," I'll be like, "Oh, that's kind of annoying," but she'll I be guess. back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she would. She'll definitely be back. So like, Go to New York, be back. <laughs> like, with your credit card. Like, it's super rude, man. <laughs> At least tell me before you do it. Uh, but then you would, you might say no. Like you were just going to drop me off at the bus station. <laughs> <laughs> you left me no choice. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Taking notes from Duchess now. I understand. I'll always yep. take the keys. He learns that <laughs> lesson fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Emmett and Billy have to get to New York and they can just take the train there. <laughs> he has to get himself to New York. It's so, uh, it's so annoying. <laughs> So annoying. <laughs> uh, and okay, so they can just take the train there, get the car, and then get back on the road again. Except all of their money is in the car. So they plan to hitch a ride on a freight train instead. Billy has been reading a book about the adventurers called Professor Abacus Abernathy's Compendium of Heroes, Adventures, and Other Intrepid Travelers. And in the back is a blank space to write your own adventure. Emmett suggests that, that they are on that adventure. And Billy should start writing it down while they wait for their train. But Billy says that all great adventure stories start in the middle, like the story of Achilles in the Iliad. And he agrees that they are on their adventure, but he can't start writing about it until he knows what the middle of it is. I loved it. I loved all of this. I loved, I mean, it's like a homeless train guy that's like, hey, I'll tell you how to get there. I loved the lady that Billy becomes friends with and she feeds him sandwiches on the bench everything about the scene Emmett tells billy he can't call someone a friend until he's known them for at least three days <laughs> yeah he's t- he good advice is like this must be fact <laughs> yeah yeah i think i might apply that to my life <laughs> i'll who am i kidding i don't talk to people for a year <laughs> yeah 365 Imagine. days <laughs> and then you might be in the running for a friend, yeah. maybe. All right, I'll. St- <laughs> then the interview process starts. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I interrupted you saying something actually, but what did I say? I don't know. The leg. It's the leg. Uh, we got a lot of leg tonight, guys. Yeah. So if it sounds like we don't know what each other's talking about, <laughs> it's because we don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're only getting half sentences. Uh, we're gonna get into the trace. <laughs> there is so much stuff in this book that we are not covering. I mean, there's Sally. We haven't even mentioned her. Ugh. And she's got something to do with the strawberry preserves. Um, there's a lot of characters and things. This book is huge and it's super, super involved. So it would take us a million years to cover the whole thing. Yeah. There's lots that I cut out because it's so long and... Some of it I just didn't care about. And I make the doc, so we get to talk what I that's, about what I liked. <laughs> that's true. And if you're out there and you are a Sally fan, I also loved her. I loved her feminist take on the world. I loved her go get of attitude. Yeah. No, well, while, we're, while you're talking about Sally, we'll just talk about Sally. I, <laughs> Sally was so, I just wanted her to shut up and not be in the book anymore. I loved her. What? No, so boring. She was so annoying and boring and did nothing <laughs> and gave nothing to the story. And she took care of Billy. She Yeah, but any I, shut up. Yeah, no. 
She gave them a ride. She had a really <laughs> crappy truck. I love crappy trucks. So. <laughs> no, I think that random people could have done all of that. And I really think she could have just, all of her little chapters could have been cut out and wouldn't even have missed her. She was the most boring woman ever. She was first person as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. So why that was, I don't know. It was like she was the only woman in the whole book other than nuns and prostitutes. And she yep. was a throwaway character to me. Mm. Well, I liked her. We'll agree yeah. to disagree. That's fine. Or just disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just disagree. <laughs> yeah. So and at any point that you want to say, and here is where Sally gave them a ride. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay. So we, we did read Sally anyways, everybody. We just cut her. And by yeah. we, Jen. Don't, me. don't at me. At her. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, if you're on my side, let me know. Because yeah, That's true. One, Actually, I wonder. I was, that was one boring woman. Have to throw up was a just, pole. She was just so obsessed with Emmett. The, her whole thing was like, eh, Emmett, blah. And then she's like, ah, nah. <laughs> No, she was obsessed with not being with her dad. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that's boring. Who cares? I don't know. I guess as a woman, I know, you, especially a woman in the 50s, goodness, you have to just jump to a different man. Yeah. You got to like manhop that is, to that is her. your own freedom. It's just sad. That is her only option. But I just read another book that was had a part that was set in the 50s. And I just really liked that. Like the woman side of it better uh, i just didn't want to hear about her making preserves so boring i love to listen to her make preserves no <laughs> i don't know she did okay. a whole pie re- recipe and i was like i should write down this pie recipe because like <laughs> yeah step by step how to make a pie I'm like oh my yeah. god see and it's i terrible. was enthralled <laughs> Uh, all right, and we disagree. Moving on. on. Oh, here's another woman in the book. Emmett and Billy's Aha! mother. So she left them when Emmett was 10 and Billy was just a baby. After Billy was born, she was really depressed. And knowing how much she loved the 4th of July, their father planned an outing to see a big fireworks display. Emmett remembers her seeming really happy for the first time in a long time. But that night, she tucked them into bed. And when they woke up in the morning, she was gone. Emmett thinks that by going to the celebration, she was reminded of how happy she could be if she were to leave her life behind. Yeah, I hate her. So bad. So that's sad and depressing. I mean, it was obviously postpartum. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Also just general depression. But I cannot believe, I mean, I wish I knew how her story ended. Not that I liked her at all, but I want her to be dead because those boys are very sweet. Those boys are angels. Yeah. They did not deserve that. And she should know that she missed out. So I hope she's not dead. I hope she's living her lame life in San Francisco. And they end up finding her, showing her what she's missed, and then being like, you know what? Suck it. I'm out. They wouldn't, though. They would accept they her. Wouldn't. And forgive her. They would. They yes. would build her a Billy, house. Really? Oh, you're saying that they wouldn't forgive her and accept no. her? Like, that's wrong. No, they would. They would. They would. They would forgive her. They'd build her a house. They would take her in, and they would be happy, fine. Yeah. 
just one other thing. I I would have really liked like I liked the way that the story went, but I kind of wanted them to be on a road trip on the Lincoln Highway to San Francisco and then get to their mom. And I kind of missed out that that we never got there. Um, I have been doing the Pop Sugar reading challenge this year. Mm -hmm. And I put this one for book with a misleading title Mm -hmm. because they do not go on the Lincoln Highway. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. So why was it called that? It was, I mean, it was, he was already writing the book and then he was like, when they went to drive onto the highway or when they went to drive away from the farm or whatever, he's like, okay, what road are they going to take? And they looked on a map and then he saw, I don't know, whatever the actual, the highway's number is, you know. (laughs) I-33 or whatever and he was like and then it said beside it formerly known as the Lincoln Highway and he was like yeah that sounds cool and then that's where he decided the highway (laughs) yeah and then he decided that was where they were going so but yeah we do not do a lot of Lincoln Highway travel (laughs) no which you know I don't know maybe it wouldn't have been a better book but was misleading yes I would have loved to know but Oh, well. And it's not really the kind of thing that they can give us another one. Well, no. This, I mean, they could do a sequel where it starts at the end where they start dri- actually driving on the Lincoln Highway at the end of a 100,000 page book. But, <laughs> no. Write a no. new one. Yeah. But anyway, so they hop a train and when it makes a stop, Emmett goes to find food. Oh, I loved this part. <laughs> so um, bizarre. <laughs> It's it yeah it reminded me of like Agatha Christie slash like not quite Douglas Adams but like it was it just had like a very absurd feel to yeah. it but like <laughs> the properness of it made me like feel like it was like Christie time and all of a sudden we're in a train car and like this weird class thing which is usually like a theme in her stuff everyone's wearing suits and. Like it was just, it was just, yeah, it was a totally but out just, of place scene, but it worked and it was hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, the, the train stops, Emma goes to find food. He ends up in a passenger car of a few guys recovering from some kind of a bachelor party. One of the guys thinks he works on the train. So he manages to get away with a sack full of food and a $5 tip. Then on his way back to the car where Billy is, the train starts to move. He tries running back to get to him and is almost thrown from the train. Am I the only one who thought while he was in there, rob these guys? <laughs> right. He wouldn't do that, though, because he's no. Duchess would be like, oh, you don't deserve any of this money. Like, you have so much. I need it. So he would take it and maybe write an IOU or something. But Emmett, I would have no. straight up robbed them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're drunk. They're rich. I am in need. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm not, I should have. I, I don't rob people. But <laughs> I <was> just, like, <laughs> that's all I was thinking. I'm like, dude, just yeah. take the money and run. But yeah, again, but it was just so funny, especially like running along the top of the car as like the train's moving. I was just like, what is happening? This is super stressful and also hilarious. And it was just like exactly a scene from a movie, which was great. I. 100% of the time. I do not think I have ever seen a fight on a train scene that I did not love. Yeah. So I did like that this was more like 
how it would actually be if you were trying yeah. to run off the top of a tree. <laughs> yeah. oh, it keeps falling down, almost falling off. It's like super hard to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super hard. And later he's thinking like, wow, if I screwed that up, Billy would just be on his own God knows where. Like, yeah. And just never know what happened to him. You probably should have just waited until the train stopped again. <laughs> or yeah. just walked out the door. Yeah, they were very drunk. <laughs> they were drunk. You could have stayed in there. You could have just been like, hey, man, like, I'm just going to chill here. And they'd Can probably be like, money? sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, a man who calls himself Pastor John finds Billy in the train car. He had just been run out of town by a young girl's father. So, you know, take mm. from that what you will. <laughs> he finds out about Billy's silver dollar collection and tries to take it from him. Billy gives it up, but clings to his backpack, which makes the pastor believe that there is something even more valuable in there, which to Billy, there is his mother's postcards. He tries to take it from him as well, but he is not giving it up quite as easily. I hate him so much. Oh, he's just the worst. And like, just right. As soon as he said that his name was Pastor John, I was like, oh, this guy, something is, why the reason is there a pastor in a train car? It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, yeah. everything about him was so sleazy. I just, eh. Yeah. But here comes one of my favorite characters in the book. Yeah. Um, he smacks Billy, which, boo, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Billy. Yeah, when he <laughs> smacked him, I was so mad. <laughs> so angry. Like, I was physically angry in this whole thing. Yeah. Like, you are robbing this child. These things mean so much to him. Oh, it's, it's all he has left in the whole world other than Emmett. In the whole world. Yeah. And even Emmett's not there. Like, No. But he's like chanting Emmett's name and oh, oh. so sad. <laughs> so sad. So yeah, um, he smacks Billy and when he still won't let it go, he is about to really hit him when a black man named Ulysses jumps through the hatch and stops him. He then tells him that this is where he gets off and opens the door to the train. Either the pastor can jump from the moving train himself, or Ulysses will help him. The pastor insists on praying before jumping, and after taking too long, Ulysses pushes him out. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yeah, he's just like stalling, and Ulysses is like, yeah, no, you're out of here. See, I loved Ulysses. I loved his whole story. I loved everything about him. Yeah, he was really good. And as I'm like reading this, I'm like, yeah, all these parts were really good. So I don't know why I didn't like the whole book as a whole as much. Because individually, I liked all these parts. So Remember when we read The Vegetarian and I hated it more than I've ever hated anything? Yeah. And now I love it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of those kind of Maybe scenarios. Maybe this is one that'll grow on you. Yeah. <laughs> Billy is very excited because of Ulysses' name. Because Odysseus, also named Ulysses sometimes, is in his book. This Ulysses thinks that he was named after the 18th U.S. president, Ulysses S. Grant. But Billy says that because he served overseas in the war, because he had a wife and son that he left behind, and now he is a lone traveler, that it's obvious he was named after the great Ulysses. On the very, very off chance I ever have another son, should I name him Ulysses? No. Yes, okay, confirmed. <laughs> oh, <damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably never going to happen, so yeah! Yes. It's me yes. so Greek. Yeah. It would it would be okay. Ulysses Katerius. Ulysses <laughs> uh, no. That's too far. No. Okay. Ulysses had a wife and when World War II started, he didn't have to enlist because of his job. 
but eventually the pressure from the outside world made staying home impossible. By then, his wife was pregnant, and she told him that if he enlisted, she wouldn't be there when he returned. And that is just what happened. He was so upset that he boarded a train and hasn't stopped moving in eight years. Billy tells him that Ulysses was reunited with his wife and son after 10 years, so he only has two years left. I was, I mean, I love Ulysses, but I also was kind of on the wife's side on this one. Uh, Yeah, because he did not have to go. But I could also understand his point of view of everywhere he goes, everyone's judging him and kind of seeing all of their men fighting in the war and he's just like working his job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I can understand why he did it, but also it sucks. I think, you know, probably that the fact that she actually took off was a bit extreme. But I think, though, that was who she was. Like, she had a very strong personality. Mm-hmm. So when she said that that was what she was going to do, she was I doing think it. that was what she was going to do. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was too much. It was too harsh. I mean, they have a baby together. And it does make sense. But I was like, I guess because I always put Andrew in the place of the husband. I'm like, dude, if you didn't have to go and probably die... I will always prefer that you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. But they they loved each other so much and the oh, relationship was so-, was so cute. Yeah. So I was so sad that he came back and she was gone and really felt that grief. So <laughs> it was upsetting. It was upsetting. But this, it was another example of this author writing characters where you understand both of their motivations. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to agree with them, but like it – yeah, you can really feel for these characters. You have a lot of empathy for them. Yeah. In both of their weird situations. Yeah. And that poor baby doesn't have his dad. Ugh. But whatever. I hope that they were reunited eventually. And we never get to find out. Oh. Ugh. See, these are the holes that I want. Oh, they're See? not holes. Maybe there would be another book where they do go down the Lincoln Highway. And then also you have this story of... Ulysses, like where you find everyone. Yeah, everyone needs to be found. Uh, yes. I mean, I am somebody who doesn't mind open endings because I can imagine that he found his wife and his son and he had his Odysseus ending. Um, although wait, did he did go back. He went back, but he was so used to all of these adventures that living life back home was like torture for him. Penelope, right? yeah, it was horrible. He wanted to leave immediately. So then did he kill everyone? I can't remember. I thought he arrows everyone down. Oh, yeah, because he gets there and Penelope has all these like suitors that are like wanting it wanting her and have been like, hey, he's never coming back. And then he does come back and he kills all of them, all of the suitors. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I so, hope that's not how his story ends. <laughs> hopefully not, but it would make a really interesting book. <laughs> yeah, I don't, true. I don't, I don't want this to happen to Ulysses, but I would read the book. I would read if there was a second book that went these ways. I would read it. Hmm. So you're saying this is your favorite book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> 
Then Emmett enters the car and enters the train car. And after spending that small amount of time with Billy, Ulysses is already fiercely protective of him and ready to throw Emmett from the train if he comes any closer. And Emmett feels the exact same way about Ulysses. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved how he was always, I don't ride with nobody in my car. Mm-hmm. And then he meets Billy and he's like, I ride with you in my car. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I only stay one play- one night in every place. And he's like, for you, I'll stay as long as you want me to. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. Of course he would. Who wouldn't? I'm pretty sure if, if Billy had adoption papers, Ulysses would have been like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved it. On the way to New York, Duchess and Willie make a stop at their old warden's house. He wasn't a very nice guy, and so Duchess goes in and hits him over the head with a frying pan as he sleeps in his chair. Wake him up. Let him know what's going on. Come on. Could you imagine? Don't just kill a guy with a frying pan. (laughs) I mean, I guess he probably didn't wake up. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine because, I mean, you probably can too, although Callie weighs like three pounds. Yeah. But have you (laughs) had her like just jump on your head while you're sleeping? No. It's very startling. I can imagine, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. I co-sleep. I have been booted in the head so many times, and I don't know. Thank God they don't wear shoes. Yeah, next on the list is his dad. But when he gets to his house, they find out that Selena called him to tell him that that Duchess escaped and he took off. Which, wise. He just oofed a guy with a frying pan. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So he meets the old guy that lives there now and then tracks down his father's friend, Fitzy. I really liked in that whole bit, um, he went into great detail about this makeup box Mm -hmm. for the actors. And I thought it was so interesting because, I mean, there's got to be historical context there. I didn't look it up, but I imagine, I mean, it was too detailed to not be true. Yes, it was too detailed. In the good way. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I, it's not. It didn't affect me. But when you said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that part." Didn't really care about it, but I'm sure it was interesting. Oh my god! And like Bozo the Clown or whoever. Oh my god! Yeah, we'll get to the clown, but oh, I did like. Yeah, um, I did like this like the story of this Fitzy guy a little bit. There was like this whole thing I was reading about how we had all these theater actors. So Duchess's father is a Shakespearean actor. Fitzy did like a lot of what well, he impersonated like Emerson or something or like some kind of poet and then Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. But we had all these actors and then when movies really started to gain speed people wanted to go to the movies and they didn't so much want to see theater anymore so all of these actors were suddenly out of work and it kind of created this like recession within their group it was an interesting thing to read about and we see it in this book it was a whole interesting thing loved it oh yeah and then fitzy he was santa claus for a long time and then i think he was Karl marx yeah for like a thing and that ended his career. Yeah, and then everyone thought he was a communist or something, so didn't want to hire him for their dinner parties anymore. That was too bad. That was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Wooly got in a bunch of trouble and got kicked out of a bunch of schools before being sent to 
Salina, but they were mostly accidents or misunderstandings. Salina, that's it. I couldn't even remember. I was like, who's Selena? Why did we get <laughs> <laughs> The school, the juvie. It's the juvie. Yes. But most of the stuff that Willie did was accidents or like misunderstandings, kind of. And no one knew what to do with him anymore. So they sent him there. Like at one point, he was so stressed out about the concept of a thesaurus and the billions of answer possibilities that the thesaurus posed when it came to his finals that he set the thesaurus. (laughs) Why the hell did I write thesaurus so many freaking times? (laughs) Um, For everybody listening, this is like take 35 of her writing the slides. (laughs) That's why it's so funny. (laughs) That he set the thesaurus on fire on the football field at school, and the fire spread a little bit. And then the final straw was when he thought that a fire truck had been abandoned, so he took it to return to the station. And while it was missing, a barn burnt down and a bunch of animals died, which was an unfortunate Uh, accident. (laughs) That is unfortunate. Um, But you know what I was thinking about when I read this? You know my husband. He's a hooligan. When he was a kid, him and his brother lived, like, they had the school field outside. And they went out and they were playing with matches or something. And they lit a grass fire. And they started freaking out. So they went and grabbed all their towels. (laughs) They just kept trying to, like, put it out. And then their dad looked up. They just had a bunch of towels. He was like, what? (laughs) Just, uh. But no Um, animals were harmed in there fire and uh good thing because we live somewhere where things are always burnt down (laughs) yeah fire's a big deal (laughs) yeah definitely so yeah i thought wooly's stories were interesting he was kind of a we haven't really talked much about wooly he's kind of an interesting character and i read i've read a lot of things that talk about how he was written to be kind of on the spectrum but I didn't really get that. Mm-hmm. He was definitely uh, on the slow side. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read him like that at all, which is weird because everyone's like, "Oh, he was very kind of um, what's his name, Lenny? Was it Lenny from of Mice and Men?" Yes, mm. actually, that's very, very accurate. Yeah, he was very like Lenny in Mice yeah. and Men. But I was thinking Moose from the Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean. Yeah. That's who he looked like for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, I don't know. He was described as, I think, this, like, fit, rich guy. Oh, see, and I read him as big, dumb guy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't read him that way at all. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh. And I was like, well, I guess that kind of makes sense for some of his weird behaviors, kind of. But I didn't – I kind of got that more you from did. Billy more than Wooly. But I don't know. Well, Billy was a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wooly, not even like when they had the menu and then he yeah. steals the car. Yeah, you weren't like, no. that's yeah. weird I mean, to do. I was like, why Why do you care so much about Abraham Lincoln? I'm like, I don't know. Well, maybe it's this, this book is very American. Maybe people really like Abraham Lincoln in America. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that could be. That could be. So I don't know. I, I didn't think that. I just didn't read him that way. And. Maybe if I had read them that way, it would have changed things. Did you do audio? Yeah, I did do audio. I thought that they narrated him as like, and then I went to the store, and the store was big. 
I don't remember it being like that at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I was getting that vibe from him. So, so it's yeah. weird. I don't know. I yeah. I just thought he was a regular dude. I missed well. that entirely. But uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> then Duchess and Wooly stop at Wooly's sister's house. I loved Wooly's sister. And I felt so sad for her. Mm-hmm. His sister says that the ward called her and said that Wooly had escaped, but that he was also a really good student and he only has five months left there. And if he were to just come back on his own, he would try to get the rest of his sentence reduced, which he seemed like the actual sweetest. The fact that he could be won over by Duchess so easily also seems strange. And mm-hmm. this whole story, um, Wooly has his medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get a bit annoyed that we weren't finding out what his medicine was. Yeah, because he has. As I feel like they like at first, I was thought it was like alcohol. I thought I remembered it saying something like he took sips or like a few drops of medicine or something like something drops, liquid like form. Yeah. yeah, and then I kind of it felt like pills near the end and. Or the, maybe those are just the other pills. I don't know. But I was just really confused, and I was like, "Why? Why is this? Why does this matter?" Because I thought maybe what it was medicine? Like cocaine. Yeah, right. it, like it's. It sounded like it was some kind of like, like addictive drug. Because hmm. there's definitely no medicines for <laughs> anything that he would have at that time. So well, and then his sister was taking medicine too, right? Mm-hmm. And they're rich. So they would have access to whatever they want. Yeah. But I wasn't aware that we were never really given a name or like an explanation to what he was taking. Yeah. But yeah, it was just mentioned so often that, I mean, I guess it, it matters it would have in been the nice. end, but yeah, it matters in the end that he was taking stuff, but yeah, more information would have been I better. Think, like I didn't understand, like, was this a drug because there are drugs that are addictive and that you need, like, that are actual medicine. Mm-hmm. And then there are not so much, right? And I yeah. didn't know kind of which it was. Yeah. Was this, I don't know. Like, I want to say it matters, it but then also it doesn't him. matter. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I would have liked to know. Um, so back to Salina. Duchess convinced another boy named Townhouse to escape to go see a movie, and Townhouse was caught and beaten for it, but Duchess got away with it. So he's been trying to do things to even the score between them and make up for it, as he does. He meets up with Townhouse in Harlem and offers to let him hit him three times so that they'll finally be even. Townhouse is black, and mm-hmm. that is why he was punished very, very severely. Yeah. And, and Duchess was not. Yeah, by the warden that Duchess just stopped and smashed over the head. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot mm-hmm. he did deserve a frying pan. Yeah, he kind of did. He was, a just, he was, he was a mean guy. I thought he deserved a frying pan while he was awake. That's the only problem I really should, have. Yeah, you should see the the frying pan coming. Although, if I'm going to get hit over the head with a frying pan, I think I'd rather be asleep. <laughs> I feel like I've got a better survival chance if I'm awake. I don't know. I feel like I'd rather wake up dead than see myself <laughs> about to be dead <laughs> die of fright i don't know that's true you don't get any of the, the fear i i don't feel like 
if someone, some man came into my house and was about to hit me with a frying pan, then I have a fighting chance, I guess. But what if it was an ex-employee who was really mad at you? Then at least you'd be like, oh, I know what I did. <laughs> yeah. Lay down. All right. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> I didn't give you your raise on time. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, there's literally nothing you could have done it. <laughs> no. I'm sorry I beat you for being late. <laughs> yeah. Duchess was so happy to let Townhouse hit him. And oh, he was really trying to get those Emmett vibes. Yeah, he definitely looked up to Emmett quite a lot. It was great. And Townhouse was like, yeah, all right, I'll punch you. And he did it. And <laughs> I guess well, that even their score. He does it in such a way that it's a show and is in front of people. So he can't not. Mm hmm. Emmett manages to track down the old address of Duchess's father by pretending that he is looking for a Shakespearean actor to be a part of his rodeo. It's amazing. <laughs> and he embarks on the same journey the Duchess did, meeting the old guy who lives there now, finding Fitchy, and then getting directed to Harlem, where Townhouse is. Oh, I mean, we find out later about the whole paint job and whatever, and about the brothers and everything. But could you just see these two? I mean, for me, they were like Mexican. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, come in, we paint your car. It was just, it was very stereotypical, but I also just adored them. Yeah, was it like, was oh, funny. I love, I loved it. Yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> and just the, just Emmett, the thought of Emmett, who's so serious, going in and pretending to be a Shakespearean, pretending to look for a Shakespearean actor to be in his rodeo was just so ridiculous. <laughs> It was awesome. Because he goes in and he's he's full honesty at the beginning. And then in the elevator, the guy's like, that's not going to work. And so he <laughs> yeah. just tries it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was great. It's amazing how many things you can actually get done, though, if you just do the thing. Yeah, like, right. Gotta give it a try. <laughs> so Billy asks Ulysses to tell him a story. Okay. And he tells him about the time that he was walking to his next train and a twister shows up out of nowhere. He tried running towards the church, but wasn't going to make it to the shelter in time. Instead, he found a grave abandoned in the middle of the service, opened the casket, took the body out and got in himself. Yeah. <laughs> question mark, question mark, I... question mark. <laughs> this was amazing. This was like <laughs> the Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole memory was sepia tone to me. He was, oh, it was amazing. I, I loved his whole story. It was so grotesque, but also like, yeah, what else are you going to do? Die? <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. But <laughs> I was just like, I, I listened to it and then I was like, wait, what? What? And then I listened to it again. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, it's definitely like Wizard of Oz vibes. And I kind of felt like that a few times in this book. <laughs> so I was just confused. And I thought it was going to like matter for some reason that like this oh. was going to tie in somewhere else. But it was just like a ridiculous story that he was telling him. Love it. It <laughs> We get so much backstory for like Fitchy. His backstory doesn't actually matter, but I'm glad we have it. Mm -hmm. Same with like Ulysses and yeah, like lots of characters. I don't need the backstory, but I am happy that it's part of my brain now. Yeah, they were interesting enough. And <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, gave nothing to the actual plot of the book, but it was really good. Uh, although speaking of characters that I don't care about, 
Pastor John <laughs> survived being thrown from the train and wants revenge. So he makes his way to New York, tracks him down, and hits Ulysses over the head. Ugh. But then, just as he's, he has like a full villain monologue <laughs> yeah. scene yeah. here. <laughs> he does. In front of, like, they're in like a homeless camp. They've got like full on. Um, like the metal trash bins with fires and they're eating <laughs> cans of beans like straight up hobo town like people with sticks and bindles <laughs> <It's- Yeah. laughs> but, so yeah then just as he's about to take the coins from Billy because he's just get over the coins man go away Yeah, Ulysses comes and he hits him over the head back tit for tat <laughs> and then, yeah <laughs> and then I just love there's one part in here where like Billy gets in on it and like kicks the pastor in the knee. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, go Billy. Oh. That's <laughs> right. And then, um, Ulysses teaches him about how like in that, that did matter in that whole thing. He had to take control because God's not going to save him. He's got to save himself. Mm-hmm. And so Billy took from that story that nobody's coming to save you. You've got to save yourself. And that's why he killed right. him. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. And then uh, Ulysses is like, I'm going to take him and drop him off at the, and Billy's like, police station? And Ulysses <laughs> like, yes, the police station, but really, yes. the river. <laughs> it was the river. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sad. Wasn't no, sad I was like, yeah, the river, yep. Make sure you hold him under there for a couple of minutes before yeah. you leave. <laughs> right. Because apparently the guy comes back. Ugh. I've watched enough horror movies to know you don't just trust he's dead. <laughs> no, you you got to really make sure. <laughs> yeah, you want an on-screen death? Yeah. Wooly's sister asks Duchess what he did to get into Salina, and so he tells her. There was a man who was a very famous clown overseas, and shortly after coming to America, the stock market crashed and everyone lost everything, including him. He couldn't even afford to get a ticket home, so he lived in the same building as Duchess and his father. Duchess became friends with him, and he would go to his room every morning to see him, and then one morning, Duchess found that he had hung himself. When the police came, it was realized that a very valuable watch was missing, and when they searched Duchess, they found it in his pocket. But it wasn't him. His father had taken it from the body, and when people started asking about it, he put it in Duchess's pocket. That, mixed with the fact that he hadn't been to school in five years, prompted the authorities to to suggest that he go to a boys' detention center until he turned 18. I hate Duchess's dad so bad. The parents in this book are not great. They're terrible. Like, seriously. Uh, This is so sad. He's like, oh, I went to go, I don't know what his name was, to so-and-so's house that morning and yeah. he knocked on the door and he didn't Bozo. answer That's probably yeah not <laughs> probably <laughs> not but yeah and he didn't answer and i was like no what uh, the clown is depressed it's his only friend commit suicide it's terrible it's so sad i felt so bad for him and then his father betrays him like that Ugh, he's already a horrible father so sad the whole thing I mean, and that's the thing is you also feel so much for Duchess. You're like, okay, I understand why you're screwed up. Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, is that out of everyone that we've met from Salina, he's the only one that's actually innocent of anything. Yeah. He's the worst character. He has this really weird moral compass. 
but he's the only one that didn't do it. And then we have Emmett, who is like really straight and narrow, and he killed someone. It's just he straight up killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's like this weird, interesting juxtaposition between them, I thought. Emmett, he's hot on the trail of uh, his car, and he meets up with Townhouse and is told that because of everything Duchess has done, the police are looking for a light blue Studebaker, and Townhouse suggests that his friends paint the car. Emmett still has to find Duchess anyway, so he agrees. Emmett and Billy head to the circus to find Duchess, and when he finds him upstairs in a brothel, he ends up getting drugged and locked in a room with a prostitute, and then Duchess just leaves him there. I think that prostitute is not politically correct. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to put there. Um, Sex worker. Which Mm -hmm. I could not believe. This was another one of those things where I was like, Duchess, I was just feeling real sad for you. And now I'm angry at you again. Yeah. But also, Duchess thinks that he's doing a good thing. He's like, he's like, oh, I just wanted to congratulate you for getting out of Salina. And I wanted you to have a good time. And he's literally like, actually thinks that he was doing a good thing what for the record i would hate this (laughs) (laughs) so jot that down do not do this one (laughs) so if i want to congratulate you for something i'd rather you steal my car (laughs) yeah all right noted no drugging shanna and locking her up with a sex worker in a brothel nope she is not looking for a good time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that many lines, but that is one of them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the fact that he just leaves him there and he doesn't even think. He just leaves him, doesn't leave him with an address or nothing. It's just <laughs> This is why he had given him uh. some of Wooly's medicine and that is what knocked him out. He gave him too much of it. So Wooly's medicine is something yeah. that can knock you out. So that's a clue. Yes. Billy ends up with Duchess and Wooly, and Duchess, kind of annoyed with Billy, thinks he's being so funny when he suggests that Billy visit the author of his book, Professor Abacus Abernathy, because on the first page of the book, it basically gives the complete address for his office, which you would think it's just like part of the story or a joke or whatever. Not real. Mm -hmm. But it is real. They go to the Empire State Building and his office is there, and Duchess is just like, what? Well, now he's got to pretend like he was actually doing it. Yeah. He's like, I was just going to take this kid down a little bit, and now I have to pretend it was a good thing. But the professor guy... I was so happy that he existed. Uh, right? <laughs> and it was kind of, kind of just funny. It was like this, just the scene that I can just see so clearly of this old guy in his like big wingback chair sitting in the dark, just like waiting for them to show up. Yeah. That's just what I was, I don't know. That's what I pictured. And he was so sweet. Like exactly the interaction that you hope for, for Billy is what happens. Yeah. He's just like super impressed with Billy gives him a journal to write down his own adventures in and just genuinely, listens to what he has to say. And he is very interested in the part of the story that involves Ulysses. And he asks if Billy will take him to meet him, which he does. Yeah. And I love how that ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do we, do we talk about what they do? Him and Ulysses? 
Uh, uh, no. Abernathy and Ulysses. No? Okay. Well, the way that, that that ends is Abernathy decides that he wants to go train hopping with Ulysses and really live these adventures that he's been writing about. And it's such a unbelievable ending, but also exactly what you want to happen. So it's, I loved it. Well, yeah, everything in this story is just kind of over the top and unbelievable. It's like this just really, it's just so many shenanigans, you know, just so many shenanigans on this <laughs> young men adventure. And then these old guys are just like in on it too. I feel like the whole story really, yes, yeah, skirts the line of believable. Like he writes it in such a way that you're like, okay, that's what happened. And he writes the fifties in a way that you like believe that you're there, but it's got like just a couple drops of the fantastic in it. Um, have that. you ever, I mean, probably not seen there's two movies that come to mind one is called tall tale and one is called nope. big fish i adore big fish so good it right is like and it's in, it's like a top favorite for me I yeah i love it i love that movie too and tall tale is like it's not like the same but it's kind of i can't remember i've watched it watched it when i was a kid so many times but kind of the same idea of these like big stories kind of come to life and mm-hmm. but they're kind of more like wild west kind of stories rather than like witches and circuses and stuff but just kind of that it's just kind of that vibe i'm gonna watch big fish with ben so excited uh, it's so good but yeah i just kind of got that vibe throughout the whole book of like all of these are these like tall tales these like big fish stories that could almost be true but they're just a little bit too much which is great. They're just elaborated versions of real stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. You know, Ewan was uh, shortlisted for William's name Ugh. because I love Ewan McGregor that much. I, lo- I love Ewan McGregor too. Okay. <laughs> Back on track. Duchess plans on cooking everyone a super fancy dinner, but realizes that he never left Emmett with an address. So it wasn't going to be easy for him to find Wooly's sister's house. But luckily the woman who runs the brothel has a registry of all the influential families in Manhattan. When Emmett wakes up, naked, in a brothel, he finds out the Duchess had just wanted to give him a good time and to celebrate his getting out of Selena, and he wanted to help him take the nerves away, but he must have given him too much of the drug and it knocked him out. And I really loved... So you know how Duchess is such a turd, but he has this amazing restaurant life idea that he wants and he mm-hmm. really cares like he can cook and he loves it and there's just this like underlying passion with him that makes you love him again yeah i loved the whole story about that restaurant and how it was like you bought a table there you know you never just walked in and got a table and you never got menus and you had to know to to order the special thing on on the not menu. I just love the whole yeah. story about the restaurant. He wants to recreate that and open his own restaurant. That's what he would do with his share of the money. It's like a very romantic idea, which is kind of or is a contrast with kind of his character, mm-hmm. but it actually also suits him super super well. Once as like a reader, we get to know him intimately from where he started to where we know him at the end it's 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 a lot 
Mm -hmm. But yeah, we had mentioned earlier that Duchess had grown up a little bit in a brothel and with these women that Emmett finds himself with, that's who kind of helped raise Duchess. So that was kind of, you know, I mean, sad for Duchess. I mean, he went out really, I guess he, they treated him well, but sad that he- But we also find out about his name. Because the whole time you're thinking, why is he called Duchess? And it was basically his dad was a jerk. Yeah. Um, he had this beautiful long hair and his mom took care of it. And he she like really wanted a daughter. And so she kind of really primped and primed her son. Let him have this long, long hair. And then whenever he came down, his drunk dad would be like, oh, the Duchess is here. Just to be unkind. But instead yeah. of letting that break him down, he kind of made it part of who he is. Mm-hmm. See, I just really I just really like him. He's a really great character. He's a great character. Wooly shows Billy his collection. It's not like Billy's where he collects different versions of the same thing. Wooly says he collects the same version of different things, which I could not understand. I've listened to it a few times. I could not understand his the way that his mind was putting that together. But um, it's a collection of things that are all different, but for the same reason, things that you would never know that you're going to need again. And in the box is a watch that Wooly's grandfather wore during World War I and has been passed down to him. And now he wants to pass it on to Billy. And this is where I'm like, okay, maybe I should have seen things coming. Yeah. Maybe. In hindsight. Yeah. It does start. To, I thought that he just really loved Billy because who doesn't love Billy? I'd give him my watch too. Yeah. And he's, I don't know. Maybe he would have a son someday. I don't know. But maybe he doesn't plan on it. So maybe he just gave it to somebody who was worthy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sally comes banging on the door because Emmett was supposed to call her and he didn't. And she was like, well, that's an excuse to leave. And she got into Betty, I think is what she calls her truck. And she just backfired her way all the way to uh, <laughs> all the way to where Emmett was. She gave yeah. him what for? Yeah, and she tracked him down too. They're all all of these people are just on this weird journey where somehow they're just able to find where they need to go. Because I would, if I didn't have my cell phone to Google where I need to go or call up someone, mm -hmm. I would be so lost. So how these people manage to get places is just insane. <laughs> So, you know, I love Star Wars and I've been watching The Mandalorian and Boba Fett and blah, blah, blah. The one thing I was like, how are you all finding each other? You're literally leaving the planet. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seems right? a little needle in a haystacky. Like if but. I just drove towards New York, I would just be driving towards New York. Like I would have no idea yeah. where to even like <laughs> who to talk to. And if I talk to people, they wouldn't know where to go. So it's just like. Also, just the fact that there's a registry of all of these influential families and what their <laughs> like what their names are and who they married and whatever and that's how you can find out where people are is just insane to yeah me. <laughs> but it was also it was just very convenient but yeah that's okay they needed the way but yeah sally shows up and i was like eh don't care so emmett finally arrives at woolly's sister's house and at first emmett was going to knock duchess out because yeah he was pretty in mad. And he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I fair. 
And they had a really good dinner instead <laughs> until Wooly's sister and brother-in-law came home. And the brother-in-law is pissed. They dumped a bunch of fancy wine down the drain. I (laughs) also would have been pissed. That was so funny. Come on. Yeah. They're doing magic tricks. And they're like, oh, I want to learn how to do the magic trick. Just dump out the wine. It's so good, though. I love that. (laughs) Is it because I'm an old woman that I'm like, you really just dumped out all that wine? (laughs) Yeah. For a magic trick? Come on, guys. You guys could have shared a bottle. Yeah. Just makes you think of my kids, you know? Well, yeah, they just don't don't need, (laughs) they just don't think that far ahead. They're just like, yeah, we need wine bottles. There's wine, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next day, Wooly and Duchess leave for the Adirondacks to get Wooly's money. When they get to Wooly's family's cabin, which is actually a gigantic lake mansion, they find the safe. Duchess asks for the combination and Wooly has no idea because it never occurred to him that they would need a combination which was hilarious. <laughs> you're still you're still thinking he's like a regularly bright bulb. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I was like, oh, well, he's, I thought he was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Although to be fair, I'm sure our husbands have pulled moves at least that dumb. So. Yes. I was just thinking he's just a regular man. <laughs> like, like all of the evidence points to regular man in my experience. <laughs> In my lived experience, yeah. Yeah. So Duchess leaves him at the house and goes into town to get something to try to break into the safe with. And while he's gone, Wooly takes all of his medicine and also a bottle of the medication he took from his sister's house and just lays down on the bed and goes to sleep. Yeah, doesn't he grab a picture to have with him? And like, oh, it's so sad. He turns on... A radio show or something and he was saying that he turned it down really low because he found that all of the parts meant to be super suspenseful and exciting were always kind of quiet like kind of build the suspense and make you feel stressed out and then all the parts that were like meant to make you happy were usually like the loud like ta-da parts so i was just like oh this is really ominous okay okay this is why. Yep. It was so I I did not see it coming. No. At all. I was I I also listened to this part a few times cuz I was like I am incorrect. I don't understand what's happening and then I would listen to it again and I was like, nope. This is what's happening. And I'm like, this has to be an accident. And I listen to it again. And I'm like, no, this is not an accident. He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. No, yeah. Wooly just yeah, he kills himself. And yeah. it's so sad because he was such a sweet man. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Sucked. I was I was like really bummed about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Billy's looking for the middle of the story because that's where it needs to start. And he decides that the moment where Emmett is driving in the warden's car back home after their father died was the middle and therefore the beginning of the story. Which is fun because that is where the story begins. Yeah. I love that. I love that little insertion there. I guess I made a note here. This is called in medias res, which in Latin means in the midst of things, which is the practice of beginning an epic or other narrative by plunging into a crucial situation that is part of a related chain of events. The the situation is an extension of previous events and will be developed in later action. And I love that. Yeah. It's kind of like in a movie, like, you know, something crazy is happening and then it 
stops. Yeah, that's me. You're probably yeah. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did we that's, get that's here? That's the much lamer version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just like that a lot. So after finding out that Duchess hit the guy back at the beginning of the book, Emmett realizes that Duchess is going to go after his father. So instead of starting their own trip, I was just about to say, oh, why didn't Duchess ever go after his father? Oh, yeah. He didn't get to. <laughs> anyway. <Yes. laughs> um, so instead of starting their own trip, he decides to go after Duchess first to stop him. He finds Wooly's house and then finds Wooly dead in his room. Then he finds Duchess trying to break into the safe with an axe. And Emmett cannot fathom any of this and demands that Duchess stop what he's doing so that they can get the police. But Duchess cannot have the police showing up. He is wanted for assaulting the warden and he needs the money in the safe. So they get in a fight. And I love this. I picked up that he could not read well Mm -hmm. before and probably because I am a reader I don't know if it was just like super, super obvious, but I like the first flash is like, ah, I can't read. Yeah. But yeah, so Billy shows up and he was supposed to be back at the hotel with Sally, but he snuck into the bathroom window and into the trunk of the Studebaker, which is apparently a very popular move. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, he learned it from, he learned it from Duchess and he learned how to like get out of it oh, with that's like true. Yeah. the spoon or whatever to like lift the lever or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. While Duchess and Emmett were going at it, Billy cracked the combination of the safe using the information Wooly had given him about his grandfather and his love of America and the 4th of July. So he tried a bunch of different significant dates, and the date of the Gettysburg Address was the one that worked. Billy cares about people, and he listens to people, and Mm -hmm. it always works out for him because paying attention pays off. Yes, that is I'm one to talk. (laughs) that is a good life lesson yeah yeah i love billy cracking the combination oh good. like he's like oh this is ridiculous duchess is trying to get into this with like an axe and a hammer like this is a safe you cannot get into it like that or else it wouldn't be a safe built specifically (laughs) for that (laughs) yeah so good Billy finds a letter that Willie wrote before he died, bequeathing one-third of his inheritance to Emmett, one-third to Billy, and one-third to Duchess. So Emmett and Billy pack up their $100,000, which is like a million dollars, and which is insane, mm-hmm. and get ready to pick up Sally, go back to Times Square, and start their journey to San Francisco from the start of the Lincoln Highway. First, they have to take care of Duchess. They need to put him somewhere that he, he could possibly maybe get out of eventually, but also give them enough of a head start that he won't be able to catch up with them. So Emmett puts him in a boat without oars and there's a hole in the, in the bow of the boat and he pushes him out into the lake with his share of the money. Problem is though, which Emmett knew is that Duchess doesn't know how to swim. So when the cash starts blowing away in the wind, he tries to find a way to keep the money while also staying in the boat, but instead he falls in, and drowns. Yeah, basically the way that they set it up was he had to choose his life or the money. Mm-hmm. And he goes for the money and dies. I do feel like this is a second life on Emmett's uh, hands, though. Yeah, and I just, I, 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 I didn't like this ending, I guess. I just I didn't did think Emmett, I didn't think Emmett would actually do that. 
I, I think it would have been better and more to his character if he didn't realize that Duchess couldn't swim. Yeah. But he knew he couldn't swim. And like the way that they knew that they were going to win was uh, there's a sign in the house that says like when you're closing down the house and it's got all the rules and one of them is unload all the guns. So mm-hmm. the two who don't have to read know that the gun the Duchess has isn't loaded. But because Duchess yeah. can't read, he doesn't know that he's yeah. threatening them with an empty gun. Yeah. but So yeah, they, they know these things about him and they use them against him, which is fair. You should use all the tools that you've got. But I mean, I feel like ropes would have also worked not in um, water where you know he could potentially die. Yeah, it was a little bit too far. And Duchess, I mean, he, you know, things obviously went too far in this whole scenario with him. But he wasn't a villain and he didn't deserve that. He also just lost his best friend too. Yeah. So, But Emmett didn't feel like he had had a good enough response to Wooly's death. Like, Emmett was like, no, why I, are you I mean, more upset? kind of didn't. But. Yeah, but that's... But he's upset in a different way. He's, I mean, I'm sure he'd be plenty upset later. Sometimes you're not upset for a minute. Yeah, and while well, he'd said too, because this whole thing with Wooly happened the night before, and he had said, I was plenty upset when I found him, but now I have a job to do, and I have to get this done. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just didn't think that Emmett would, would do that, and it... And I didn't like it. And that kind of brought it down for me. I could, yeah, I, I could see the like poetic justice sort of a thing with the way that he's behaved throughout the novel and then having to choose the money or his life and then choosing the money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was a little bit startling, but so was Wooly's suicide. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I do also enjoy that the novel threw things at me that I didn't see coming. Yeah, no, I agree. I I did I do like that. I think that they could have just like yeah tied him up, had to be arrested, and that would have been enough for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, as long as they could have gotten a head start. I honestly I don't think the Duchess would have gone after them. No, if he got his share of the money, that's all he wanted was to get his money and then open up his restaurant. Yeah, killing him was unnecessary. Yeah, in my opinion, generally loved him, so I didn't really, I didn't want him to die. Yeah, no. Oh well, poor Duchess. Yeah. So, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I, I liked this book more than I think I liked it. I don't know. (laughs) It was just. It was just very long and meandering, and I think that kind of bored me after a while. But individually, like I liked all the characters and I liked all the stories. And the only thing I really didn't care for was the Sally bit. You know, maybe I should give it four stars instead of three, but three point seven five. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll talk to you in six months. Uh, so it'll be your five star book that you love yeah, so much. I'll, I'll be I'll be rereading it. And- buying a physical (laughs) copy we'll see i mean this one's going through our other book club and so it just gets talked about a lot so probably it's going to continue to be talked about a lot and i'm maybe i'll it's one of those books that the more i talk about it the more i like it yeah i don't know but i i feel like that could be it yeah so and i mean we know my final thoughts i loved it yeah and yeah so this book was great on audio i really loved the audio 
Um, if you are interested in purchasing The Lincoln Highway or any of the books we ever talk about, and you listen on Libro.fm, consider buying them through the links in our show notes. We are affiliated with Libro.fm, and every time you use our links to buy books, you are not only supporting your local indie bookstores, but also this podcast. And if you are not listening on Libro.fm yet, consider making the switch. When you sign up, you get to choose which bookstore you buy the books from, and a portion of your monthly membership goes directly to them. And if you use our link, you support us as well. Uh, during checkout, use the code CHOOSEINDIE and you get your first book for free. Yeah, for real, guys, the audio on this one is worth it. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah, really good. Uh, but yeah, okay, that is all we have for you this week. Just a reminder that we are reading Siren Queen by Nevo for Book Club this month. So pick up a copy and read along with us. The discussion is going to start on Instagram and Facebook on June 22nd. So head over there and give us a follow at best underscore book club so you don't miss it. Jen, should we mention what the heck next week's going to be? Yes, next week we are doing a special bonus episode. I have mentioned quite a few times the little tiny book no one's ever heard of, Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. Uh, Shanna <laughs> has obviously never read it because she would actually, her eyeballs would melt out of her eye sockets and she would die from it. <laughs> And is that what we want for me? No. There are better ways to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I've, I've read it multiple, multiple times, but I'm going to give it another reread. And then I am going to tell Shanna all about it next week. And we are going to get her live reaction. <laughs> I am very excited. One, it doesn't involve me actually reading the book. But also, I get to know what the hell Jen has been talking about. So yeah. it's a win-win for me. <laughs> so if you are a fan of that book or also not a fan, it could go both ways. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week and we're going to see what Shanna thinks of Flowers in the Attic. Oh, I am excited. It's going to be lots of fun. But, you know, otherwise, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We have such a leg. There's no <laughs> chance that they're even together at all. <laughs> no chance. Nope.